listener production. An artificial intelligence won a prestigious art prize, and people were not happy. I'm Dr. Sophie Calabretto, and this is The Science Briefing, a podcast about the science of everything. We typically think of AI being used in things like virtual assistants, so think Siri and Alexa, or for doing basic admin jobs and running self-driving cars. But now, some AIs are getting creative, literally, and making artwork. Some of the art rivals that made by humans, but others, not so much. Today, I talked to Cosmos Magazine journalist Ebram Yazgan about whether a machine can be an artist, and we also put this to the test and make some AI art of our own. Okay, Evram, let's make some AI art. I want you to open up Dali Mini Mm -hmm. and tell us what it is exactly. So Dali Mini is something which has been going around the last few months online. Uh, It's basically an AI image generator. You punch in any text that you like and the AI algorithm does its best to pump out an image based on the text that you've put in. And basically, they're just compilations of different things. So like random things all squished together into a grid of nine images. So chance for you now, Sophie, to give me some words and we'll see what Dali Mini comes up with. All right. So I want you to write pony with pencils as legs and burrito umbrella hat. Mm -hmm. All right. So I'm typing pony with pencils as legs and burrito umbrella hat. Thank you for the prompt. (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, Dali Mini sometimes takes up to two minutes to generate the images. So we'll just wait for that to load. hasn't done it yet. <laughs> Mine is it's still going. Come on, Dali Mini. <laughs> I have a very bad feeling this is going to be slightly disturbing. <laughs> Mine loaded. <laughs> Why doesn't that one have no legs? Where's its legs? <laughs> okay, so we can kind of see what the AI is trying to do. Uh, in all of them, there's a pony. In all of them, there's an umbrella. In some of them, there's pencils, and some of them have burritos. <laughs> and wait, the last one looks slightly like the pony is a burrito, but I'm not sure as well. Yeah, I've got one which looks a little bit like a taco. <laughs> um, might be some amorphous uh, Mexican food there. <laughs> I just feel like it's, I mean, they're not as terrifying as I thought they would be. Like, nothing is scary. It's all just a bit troubling. <laughs> That's a really good way of putting it, actually. Okay, Evram, to me, this is total chaos. I'm looking at a bunch of ponies. Some of them have pencil legs. Some of them don't have any legs. Some of their umbrella hats might actually be their frilled neck lizard kind (laughs) of get up here. How does this actually work? (laughs) Well, I mean, work might be a loose way of explaining it, but um, it's basically what's called an intelligence augmentation tool. And what that means is that Dali Mini is scouring billions of parameters to create images. It's trying to associate the text that we've put in with images that exist on the internet or in its database. It's fun, sometimes questionable. (laughs) It can sometimes be impressive, but as you see with the ponies and the pencil legs, uh, it's not always the most talented. 
I mean, just look at these misshapen creatures. Monsters, actual monsters. (laughs) I think so. But Dali Mini is just one example of an AI generating art. There are some, including Dali 2 um, and another called Mid Journey, which are a little bit more sophisticated and, and generate more sort of recognizable images. Give us a Mid Journey rundown then. What is it and how does it work? Midjourney, or Midge as it's sometimes called, is similar in, in a lot of ways to Dali Mini. Currently, it's sort of run as a website or, or platform in the same way. You type in a text prompt and it will generate an image. With Midjourney, you can actually go a step further. You can give Midjourney direction on the detail and style of the image. You can, for example, ask it to render images that are photorealistic or in 4K. I've used it and I did a couple of different things. One of the ones that I did was Yoda as a Muppet backlit on a stage. (laughs) (laughs) And it was really, really funny. So for comparing Midge to something like Dali Mini, the Yoda image that I created was so much more sort of realistic, I guess you could say. Like you could actually imagine that this was a real Muppet. You know, it was kind of furry. You could see that it was backlit. It almost looked real. And the images can be pretty convincing. A guy submitted a Midge-generated image to the Colorado State Fair Fine Arts Competition and won. Judges didn't pick up on it. And look, we'll unpack this a bit later, but back to Midge itself, I was writing a piece for Cosmos about it and I wanted to find out how it generates those images. What causes it to have its own style in some cases? All right, so you set out to learn a bit more about Midge and its creative process. What did you find out? So I spoke to John McCormick. Hey, how are you? Who's an IT professor and director of Sensor Lab at Monash University. At Sensor Lab, they research machine learning techniques to work on other art projects. John told me that Dali Mini and Midjourney are basically big neural networks that have been trained on a huge volume of human imagery. Mm-hmm. So they will scour these massive data sets, for example, on the internet, where we have lots of photos, human-made paintings, you know, famous artworks and things, all of them with associated texts or titles. And they pick up on that text and bring it all together to create these images. John did say that he's impressed with the technical feat that these tools represent. But he was also pretty clear on his thoughts that mid-journey, is not an artist at all. It's not intelligent and it's not creative. He said that the process Midjourney goes through is basically statistics. Yes, certainly machines are capable of doing things that might inspire you. You might think, yeah, there's, there's something creative going on here. But I think in a creative sense, it's not particularly interesting. And any indication that these tools have a style John says that this is actually just because they're picking up on art that already exists and sort of spitting it back out. It seems to be very profound, but really all it's doing is just drawing on what people have done in the past and looking at statistical relationships between those things. It's got a sort of collective understanding of what you know imagery is, but only at the level of pixels, not at the level of emotion Right. So even though Midjourney is making a piece of art, it's still a program. Like it doesn't have any understanding of something like emotion. Exactly. And even though it's called artificial intelligence, 
what John was explaining to me is that there's actually very little intelligence going on. He says that if you look at some of these images, it might seem as if the machine is responding in a philosophical way, but the software itself doesn't have a concept of philosophy. It doesn't have any sense of what meaning actually is, whereas for humans, that's something that's fundamental to who we are, to our intelligence. AI also doesn't understand a lot of things that humans take for granted. Things like proprioception, so this is kind of like kinesthetic awareness, your body's ability to sense movement and location. Things like embodiment, the tangible or visible form of feeling. Things like tactility and materiality. All of those things that actually are very important in terms of artistic expression. But there is another interesting point here. Part of the conversation is maybe that we as humans might actually have an emotional response to art generated by an AI. Okay. And it's not inconceivable that we might then project that emotion onto the AI. But the process behind it is purely scientific. It's, it's just statistics and mathematics. Okay, so if artificial intelligence doesn't have any understanding of the art it generates... What is a program like Midjourney's purpose? As in, why would we build it, let alone use it? Well, in the case of Midge and maybe other AI art tools, John sees them more as co-creators, helping humans with things like design. These will become very standard tools for people working in, you know, commercial design, for example. So if you need an illustration for a story that you're doing on artificial intelligence and art, you can just type the prompt into Midjourney or Dali and you can get a really nice image that you would have normally had to pay an illustrator maybe a few thousand dollars for. But tools like Midge aren't necessarily just limited to graphic design. Other work done by researchers at SensorLab, for example, there was an AI-generated videoscape that they were working on. It played along to a dancer's performance. One of the dancers had cerebral palsy, and this means that she would have occasional muscle spasms even while dancing. But instead of trying to cover over those muscle spasms when creating the videoscape, the AI actually used them and made them part of the videoscape. And I thought it was just a really beautiful way of incorporating, you know, something which this person is living with into the art. Yeah, wow. But it's also important to point out that helping in the sense of AI art doesn't mean replacing. John said the approach that SensorLab takes is more about supporting and nurturing human creativity. So working in collaboration with a machine to help you do something to sort of push you into certain zones of thinking or ways of thinking to do things like inspire you or give you give you ideas that you, you can take. But if we take a step back, I mean, something like Midge emerging in the last couple of months and really taking the internet by storm has sparked a debate and questions all over the world about the role and intricacies of AI-generated art. Yeah, so let's circle back to this guy who submitted a Midge-generated piece for an art contest and won. It got some people pretty fired up. What are the different arguments here? Well, the pro-Midge and pro-AI art argument, I guess, is basically that art is art. Sure. Even if it's made by an AI, there's an art to it and there's a practice behind it. The man who actually entered the artwork told the Pueblo Chieftain, which is a newspaper in Colorado in the U.S., that he, quote, wanted to make a statement using artificial intelligence artwork. 
But the opposite argument is that it's not made by a human. It's, it's made by a tool or a machine. Therefore, it's not art. And some of the views on this are pretty extreme. Uh, one person online called it the death of artistry. And look, while there's clearly a debate here, I think that the focus for me, you know, should be the science and the technology behind tools like Midjourney. AI in one way or another is going to be part of our futures. And I think it's something cool, which should be looked at in terms of how we can embrace it to better ourselves and use it rather than worrying about sort of semantics about art. Evram Yazgan is a science journalist for Cosmos magazine. You can read more of Evram's reporting in the latest issue of Cosmos magazine, Australia's last print science magazine. You can grab a copy at any newsagent or go to cosmosmagazine.com to subscribe and buy a copy. And check out Evram's article. It's called AI Art. The Science Briefing is produced by Listener and the Royal Institution of Australia. This episode was produced by Jake Morecambe. Mixing by Dave Stein. Our executive producer is Carla Arnold. I'm Dr. Sophie Calabretto. Catch you next time. Listener.